1: Hello, hello, hello. Not not a happy Monday at all, actually, my friends, for obvious reasons. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily Podcast with me, your host, a very upset and sad Andy Goldstein. Don't forget, of course, you can catch me on drive late today at 4pm. Alongside Darren Bent, of course, will be winding me up about yesterday's United result. And Noel Gallagher will be joining us as well to do exactly the same. So make sure you don't join me for today's show. Guess where we start today's podcast? Yeah. By looking back at the Manchester Derby, where Manchester City, it says here in front of me, battered Manchester United. Yeah, that's fair. Winning 3-0 at Old Trafford. Early Haaland scored a brace whilst Phil Foden also got on the score sheet. This is how it all unfolded. On the Sunday session, the Sam out of face, Alex Cook, Mickey Grey, and press fast forward.
2: Manchester United need to be a tower of strength to withstand the city storm that is. Coming
3: upstairs, Haaland into the bottom corner, and Manchester City
4: lead at old Trafford. Was there ever any doubt? Well, you'd see, have to say, I think the goal was coming. Manchester City started to go through the gears. I guess the positive,
3: Mickey Gray, from a Manchester United perspective, it's only 1 0, and they have options
4: on the bench. I'm certain that Eric Ten Hag wants to make those changes because they need some life. I've got to say, I'm, I don't know if I'm being a little bit too early to criticise here, but. I just don't see uh, Amrabat in that midfield area. He's not quick enough, needs to bring more to the game. If not, he's going to be getting dragged off at half-time yet again.
3: Eric Ten Hag is going to be even more disappointed because there's been another goal. Manchester United nil. Manchester City 2, Erling Haaland at the double. This is a brilliant team move, really poor defending from Manchester United, but take nothing away. From City, that, And if it was a long way back for Manchester United at half-time, they have a monumental task on their hands.
4: As I speak now, Bruno Fernandes is flicking the ball around the corner. He's not playing well enough to do things like that. Do the simple things right, the harder things will come easier to you. It's about time Eric Ten Hag forgot about egos, and he had a look on his bench, and there's a lot of young players on there who he knows will give him absolutely 110%, and he'll get a better performance than what I'm seeing out here now. What does Ganaccio
3: have to do to get a start? When you look at the players that have been bought in,
4: I think it's 16 players over the
3: course of the last year and a half that he's been in charge, most of them have been associated with him. Either because he's played against them in the Eredivisie or they've played for him before in some capacity. So when it doesn't work, it is down to him. He made the decisions today to play Johnny Evans, to play Maguire. This is embarrassing now though for, for Manchester United. You said it off air a few minutes ago, Sam, that Man City are basically taking the mickey. Are they just resigned to the fact now that the balance of power in Manchester very much it resides in the blue half of the city. Or do they actually want to show some professional pride here and try and make their mark on the contest? Disgraceful second half. Well, Eric Tan Hag has got some uh, serious questions to answer. All the questions that are being posed at Manchester City, they're answering and they're answering them with flying colours. And it's the Mancunian lad! Who scores for Manchester City? Foden makes it Manchester United nil. Manchester City three. But this second half is unacceptable. It is absolutely shambolic. It really is. The only thing that makes Manchester United a big club in 2023, the only element of class, is their history. This is not Manchester United. This bunch of players not good enough, man for man, to wear that shirt. Not only are they miles away from Manchester City. They're miles away from Aston Villa. They're miles away from Brighton. They're miles away from Tottenham. Tottenham have overtaken Manchester United. They were better last season. The football's turgid. Even when they win, the football's rubbish.
4: What I'm seeing from Manchester United this season is not
3: progression. It's not even Halloween yet. And this has been a horror show for Manchester United so far. They can forget about finishing the top four. They're miles adrift. There's so many better teams ahead of them. They'll be out of the League Cup. The competition they won last season when Ten Hag delivered silverware. They're going to get knocked out of that by Newcastle on Wednesday. They're going to be out of the Champions League by the end of the group stage. It's been a disaster.
4: Close the book and reopen a new one. Whether that's with Eric Ten Hag in charge, but the Glazers have got to do something about it with Sir Jim Ratcliffe, and they've got to start again. There is no doubt about it. The colour
3: in this city is blue full time. It's Manchester United nil, Manchester City 3. The headlines will be made in Manchester, where the new order are going to ensure that it's going to be a
2: blue Monday.
1: Let's hear from both managers, shall we, at Ten Hag and Pep Guardiola. Guardiola, no-one really knows or cares. Following, of course, Manchester City's big win. The the way the game went and you have to, when you're 1-0, down. Uh, We wanted to do something and I could uh, could have waited, Uh, but do it straight from the half-time, obviously, uh, most of the times you get it more organised. And that's the effect you wanted to be, but yeah, we make the wrong decision, uh, and then on the 2 0 and then it was tough, yeah, to the end. And but I think uh, we tried uh, to get a better result, and the players give their best, they put the 100% effort in, and yeah, but we gave spaces away in that moment. It's all so clear. Of course, you want to win, and today we are going to laugh, and when they beat us, they laugh. But that is normal. It's, it's what to be. But the respect when it happen, it happen. Our fans, they don't represent us. Like if United is and one guy do this kind of thing, that is not United, and that is another point. But if one guy do it because a lot of alcohol, or because it's they don't have, it's not clear enough, it's their problem. So, of course, respect the history, the tradition, and we won a lot the last decade. And we, after win, we were always in the right position. We didn't, we didn't make an extra thing to humiliate the opponents. It was completely the opposite, and that's why I'm so proud for the club. I represent Well, all I can say is that
5: since I arrived to the club, we've never been afraid of coming here and we've never been afraid of playing against anyone.
1: So, uh, it is what it is. To the final word now with Majestic and Alan Pardew and the fallout from that Manchester derby. This great club of ours
0: is just in the gutter. It's just heartbreaking to sit there since Fergie left and David Gill, it's just I sit in the South Stand and it, near the managers. It's heartbreaking week in and week out to see what's happening to the club. It's absolutely heartbreaking. We're supposed to be the biggest club in the world, the biggest supported club. It, it's absolutely, honestly, God, it's dire the club. People don't realise. It, it's a laughing stock of the Premier League and, and to British football. I mean,
6: you know, you're looking at it uh, as, as, uh, with my professional head on and say that one team looked very functional, um, very organised. Uh, with great flair uh, and, a, and, a, and a goal scorer, a proven goal scorer at the top of the pitch. Uh, and uh, if you look at the other team, you'd say, well, OK, they look loose. Um, the game looked too open. There didn't look like enough aggression on the pitch for a derby for me. I didn't see too many passages of play where they looked comfortable. Everything looked forced and, oh, what are we going to do now? And the bigger problem, I thought, was when I looked at some of those players, Ericsson, McTommy, who looked like he had too much work to do, Fernandez. There didn't look to be a lot of joy on that pitch, did they? Not
0: fit for purpose. We've, we've got people there that they're not coaching players because the club is rotten to the core. We've got a manager there, Pep was winning 3 0 today. He's still there screaming at him. Who was he shouting at after the game? The kid who scored two goals. He's, he still wasn't after our manager run up the tunnel as quick as he could. And we're nowhere near coached on your level, Alan, or Tenag's level. How is the manager not seeing that? We're all shouting today in the Stretford End. What is the manager seeing that we're not seeing when you've got Marcus throwing his hands in the air, despondent, not tracking back, as you rightly say? That's detrimental to the team. And I I don't want to pick on Marcus, but we're fans. I love this club. I played for this club for nothing. I'm too old now, but we played for this (laughs) club for nothing. But we see these players that
3: are on... Hundreds of thousands of pounds a week and just look disinterested in playing for the
1: club. Elsewhere, Everton picked up a massive three points with a 1 0 win away at West Ham. Aston Villa extended their winning run at home in the league to 12 games now after beating Luton Town 3 1 at Villa Park. Also, Liverpool cruised past Nottingham Forest at Anfield. Brighton and Fulham played out a 1 1 draw. Here's how the rest of the Sunday action sounded.
4: Shoot. Oh, it's in the back of the
5: net! Everton take the lead at the London Stadium. And what a finish
6: this is from Calvert-Lewin, his 50th Premier League goal for Everton. First
2: marker was to improve on last season you know because it's it's going to be smaller strides you know it's not i think it was quite clear in the summer Our we're tied a little bit financially we've worked diligently we've worked very hard to find a balance to what we're doing in the market find a balance to the squad as well on the pitch i don't know if i could
3: say that we deserve to lose but i could
2: also say i don't know if we deserve to win
3: but uh, i don't i think it just went against us and maybe on another day or maybe we've already had some of those days early in the season but we we've nipped it and, I think Everton have just nicked it
5: today. And there is the full-time whistle, West Ham nil, Everton won a huge win for Everton on the road at the end of an emotional
3: week for them.
2: Really sad uh, moment during the week, quite obviously, you know, not just a chairman but a true blue, someone who's cared about the club virtually all his life and I think it is befitting to get a result, you can't guarantee it of course, but it's befitting to get a win, certainly that goes to him and his family without that.
7: Aston Villa will
3: not care one jot because yet again a Premier League game at home at Villa Park. They have scored three goals. It is Aston Villa 3 Luton 0.
7: We avoided the first half, one corner. We avoided get our box uh, fluently and they, they didn't do and it's because we were uh, aware about it and we were defending very well and then try to, to play in our know, style, trying to to impose uh, impose the mass like that and we did
6: there was bits that was good and there was areas then that certainly we can we can get better at it was too many times they were easy it was one easy ball and one one run straight through us which is a little bit like Brighton the first game of the season I thought we got away from that so um a few areas to in, uh, to learn improve on but uh but the players gave absolutely everything, as always, just up against the better team.
3: Still another comfortable victory for Aston Villa. It's finished. Aston Villa 3, Luton 1. It
2: might be in here because a long ball forward has just taken Turner out. And Mo Salah, all he has to do is roll it into the empty net. Absolute gift. And pretty much sums up this game. It's Liverpool 3, Nottingham Forest nil. They made,
5: really, made a really good game of it. With a, um, we created. We were patient. We finished situations off. We scored wonderful goals. Um, we have to. We have have to improve, obviously, in controlling games with creating. That's clear.
6: What we're trying to do is build a club to be sustainable in, in this in this league, which is going to be really, really difficult. So um, you take games as they come. You talk about them in isolation, but at the same time, running alongside that, we're trying to to create a club on and off the pitch that, that you know belongs at this level, but there's a lot of work to
3: do.
1: Brighton won well, and Fulham amongst
3: so Brighton do score and concede for a tenth game in a row in the Premier League, and it's a wonderful finish from João Polinia.
7: I know that is a cliche in football sometimes, but two completely different halves. First half was not good enough from ourselves, um, we haven't decided well the moments to press. Our pressure was not collective. Was um, we arrived too much late in some moments so when the first player jump? We have, should be something that we prepare collective and was not the case. Probably two points dropped.
1: You know, lads are so flat in in the dressing room, but um, I see that as a positive. And how far we've come as as a group. You know, when, when I first joined the football club, we'd have been happy with, with that point probably. Also, Majestic couldn't help but gloat about Spurs being top of the league following their unbeaten start to the season. North London rivals Arsenal are the only other unbeaten side in the league. Did somebody say North London title race? No, of course they didn't. Well, this Tottenham team is so good,
3: the only one to start the season better won the double. Spurs have more points than the Arsenal Invincibles did at the same stage back in 03-04. So the new Invincibles, their next game is at home to Chelsea. The North London narrative of, of who's going to be the champions north of North London has slightly shifted now. We're not talking about that anymore. We're, we're like more, could one of these two teams win the league? Which I can't remember mm. ever talking about. Ever in history. Arsenal up to second in the table, two points behind Spurs. And that wants more and more and more is what we
5: want to see. We have a certain way of playing and we want to play in an area of the pitch and um, and to do
2: that we have to be ruled. It's great encouragement for the lads because you know the belief they have in what we're trying to do um, is getting the results. Listen, I've been so critical of the recruitment at Spurs over the last few years, it's been woeful. It feels like we finally got it right and mm. you know if you want to look at complete contrast with that and Manchester United where you know, the, the the manager here has had such a positive impact on these young players and, and the faith that he's put into them. It, it, it's just, it's night and day.
6: And I mean, you know, top of the league um, as we stand and um, the Arsenal obviously breathing down your necks and they was brilliant as well yesterday. They really, uh, and Kete. Well, I, I like him and he reminds me of Ian Wright. And if he can have anywhere near the career that Ian had, uh, and oh. gets, uh, you know, three quarters of what Ian Wright was, then they've got a proper player there. Uh, brilliant for him yesterday. A young player. He looks a good type as well. Uh, I was chuffed for him. Sorry to get off the Tottenham, mate. Do you want to go back to we, him?
2: You went straight... We, you oh, went straight uh, on to Arsenal. Straight on to them, wait. didn't you? Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's fine because I can actually recall about Spurs. Okay. On my same old Spurs podcast, which is available on all <laughs> podcast platforms.
1: <laughs> Moving away now from the Premier League, Thankfully. And on to La Liga, where Jude Bellingham, or Jude Bellingham, is that Spanish? Doesn't matter. Has been ripping it up, to say the very least. La Liga TV presenter Semra Hunter joined Natalie Sawyer and Tony Cascarino on the Weekend Sports Breakfast Show to discuss his match-winning performance in El Clasico, whilst Danny Kelly and Sean Custis were waxing. Oh, that sounds vile. Oh, sorry, there's stuff on the other side. Lyrical about his unbelievable start to his Real Madrid career.
7: I think he's actually the player to have had the best start at Real Madrid ever. Wow. He's scored in his debut in La Liga. He's scored in his debut in the Champions League. He scored in his debut <laughs> in a classical. I don't think anyone has ever done that before. No. And on top of that, it's 13 goals in 13 games plus three assists that he's played in. I counted it last night. I think there's only three games in total that he hasn't scored in. So you're talking about goal contributions in 16 games in the 16 games that he's played. So he's averaging a goal contribution per game. It's it's outrageous. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, I don't know, in some ways it almost defies logic. I guess Carlo Ancelotti's clearly seen in him the capacity to be more than just what he was at Stortman. Yeah. And he's unleashed this superpower within him. and He's been brilliant. He still obviously has plenty of room for growth and development. And even yesterday in the classical, let's be honest, he didn't have a great game. But neither did Real Madrid in general. They were actually quite poor for about an hour until Luka Modric and Camavinga mm. came on and they changed things. But he's still so decisive, as he has been for them so many times this season, scoring late goals, even in extra time. He's been the one that's come to their aid, who's come to their rescue when they most needed it. And that, I think, is what really separates him from a lot of the rest.
3: Bellingham's amazing performance oh. in El Clasico. I mean, a player... Who I was reading during the week, some people still feel is underappreciated in this country because he never played in the Premier League here. And he's, yeah. he's turning into well, pretty much the best player in the world right now, can uh, play he's, anywhere. He,
2: he's the best midfield player in the world at 20 years of age. And Sean, um, I watched the game. Um, it, it, his performance was for him below par, but the moments when it mattered, he got the equaliser and then, you know, away from home in the Classico, this is not some kickabout in the park. He scores from, what is it, 25, mm. 30 yards? I mean, Billings would say it was really really quite close to the goal. It was a tap-in. And Harry Kane would say he was on the line um, because, of course, he scored from his own half for, in a, in a farcical mm. game against Darmstadt. But no, Bellingham, England, if Southgate can stop it, make sure England don't concede too many without getting too defensive. Rice and Bellingham and kane and foden and grealish other teams must look at england and think oh my god look what's coming down the track here with the exception of france who might say bring it on everyone else is going to be terrified of england come come the the summer ancelotti needs a little bit of credit here for working out a way of playing him slightly more forward while still keeping him um, as a midfield player and i said on trans europe express maybe five or six weeks ago and people of course as always were looking at me sideways sean i said I haven't seen a, a mixture of midfield technical brilliance and physical power mm. since Zinedine Zidane, uh, like this lad. And I stand by that. I, think that. I think that's where he's going. If, you know, we all need a bit of luck and he's got to stay injury free and all the rest of it. I think he's going to the, the Zidane road. It's no, it's no coincidence that the club, um, which has Zidane in its DNA, is the one that's getting the super best out of him.
4: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: And finally, we end with the warm-up. And Max Rushton, blimey, is he still on Talk sport, is he? Didn't know that. And Barry Glendening, acting out referee Samuel Barrett's conversation with VARF David Coote which saw Burnley's Jay Rodriguez's goal ruled out after a five-minute delay in their 2-1 defeat to Bournemouth at the Vitality on Saturday. At least these two were trying to find the funny side of it, which is going to be difficult for Max Rushton to find the funny side of anything.
4: Are they going to have for a cigarette and a cup of tea. He's communicating finally something, is a word in his ear. Here he goes. And it's been given, finally, as offside. How long did that take to get to that decision when the flag went up when the ball was played in that must have taken five minutes a few
5: burnley players getting in my face here coots yeah um, yeah don't so worry about them they're fine ch- chivvy, it's not chivvy chivvy your, your team long. yeah it's not dice burnley they're much much friendlier now will be fine just give us a second i'm just saying coots and a he, he's a quite a big man he's, he's quite yeah. intimidating and he's he's yeah, just leave it to us. We're just checking just checking the lines. Looks on. We, we think it's onside at the moment. Green just line? A second. Yeah, there's a green line. Someone here has drawn a green Sorry, line. So I'll, I'll give the goal? Yeah, I think you should give the goal. Definitely a green line. But just one second. Does um, does Jay Rodriguez's head count? We were having a debate in here. We didn't know if that... If his head, actually, is like other footballers' heads, should we draw the line from his head or a different part of his body? Well, my understanding, uh, the laws of the game, Coots, is that uh, if, if it's a part of his body with which he can score, mm-hmm. then can, it counts. It definitely counts. Can, can Jay Rodriguez score with his head, I suppose? The,
7: he I don't has, know.
5: I suppose he has in the past, I suppose. It's getting ugly down here, Coots. I really need a decision. So it's definitely, definitely onside. You've got a green line. Uh, red line, definitely offside. Red line, check complete. Good process.
1: Well, that's it, again, Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcast from. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily po- Daily Podcast out first in the morning. So do what you got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day, and above all, be safe everyone. Be safe. A reminder, of course, if you do want to hear me getting destroyed by Darren Bend and Noel Gallagher on today's show, looking back at yesterday's Manchester Derby, feel free to tune in from 4pm. My advice is just just give it a day.
5: That
7: was a podcast from Talk Sport.